Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my brothers and my sisters. It is Brother Solis live with another episode of Coffee and the Truth. And y'all already know, I got my brother on here from the get-go, Mr. Hall. Hey, my vibes. And we finally got our man back. He's been AWOL on us. Uh, he's been working the sound in the back. We appreciate Sister Heather's input and everything that she has shared with us. But we got Mr. Elliot. I'm back. We can hear his voice. Give him a shout out, guys. Follow my man. <laughs> so as we're preparing for this, I wanted to talk about something that I feel is necessary, essential for us to speak to ourselves about. And on today's episode, I want to talk about voices, but not just any voice. I want to talk about the voices that are impacting you the most in your life. Throughout the Bible, you will find out that great men often fail because of voices within their lives. The first fall of man happened because it was a voice within his life. I know we like to talk about Father Abraham, but even Father Abraham fell the same way because it was a voice within his life. And history repeats itself. And so great men and women of God often fall or fail or are set back because of voices within their lives. Now, voices come from everywhere, whether it's somebody close to you. This day and age, we are blessed to have social media. So technology has made voices that can be across the world right into our world here. But it's often the mistake that we make is we allow the negative voices to be the most impactful. Now, help me out here, Brother Elliot. You think I'm crazy when I say that. So it's me and you, and I tell you, Elliot, man, you know, I can really see God's hand on you. You're a great young man. God's going to use you, right? And you're probably going to cry. You're looking at me, oh, man, thank you, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is something that do you desire, so I'm sharing this and I'm speaking into your life. And as soon as you cut the corner, somebody tells you, oh, man, you're fat. And, man, like you play the drums average, and they just start speaking all this negative. I mean, Pastor just talked about how the Lord... He can see the Lord using you and the Lord's hands on you. Brother Hall can come and tell you. I can come and tell you. I mean, there's confirmation after confirmation. You're in prayer. You felt God. But out of all these voices that are positive, 
we tend to walk around hanging on to the negative. Do you think I'm crazy when I say this? No, no. Um, when I was a younger kid, I was I was more of a bigger kid. Of course, I was still going through um, growing up, but many people would talk about my weight. Um, friends, family, most yeah, mostly for family <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but um, I would say that before I was trying to change, that's what mostly hurt me the most, I guess, in this walk, is that, honestly, just simple like that, someone um, saying something about my weight, because it really did hurt me. To be honest, I would go to my room, and I would want to cry because of that. But um, I would say that probably half of... Cause, Cause, after that, I was starting to try to get into working out and stuff, but probably half of that was probably more than half actually was that was those voices in my life that talent or pretty much fat shaming, you know what I mean? And um, the way I think about it though is that if we're doing something based on the voices that we have that that want to speak negative things in our life the way I look at it is that we truly still believe in it and the and the negative things talked about it's talked about us or we still have some past hurt that we still need to get rid of know what I mean yeah because we're trying to do something positive but what's feeding us is something negative Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm Yeah, that don't work. You are what you eat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm using their hurt to drive me, what's going to happen is I'm going to reach my weight goal. I drop 50 pounds and I'm going to look over at them and guess what? I'm going to start being just who they are. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, because I allowed their voice of negativity or whatever or, or hurt to influence me to better myself. And in the end, all I'm going to end up is being like them mm-hmm. because I'm using her to try to make a go in life. And it does not work where I can use her and then I'm going to use positivity. Mm-hmm. No, oftentimes if you're going to be driven by pain, you're going to dish out pain. So it's whenever you allow your pain to be a passion to help other people, including yourself. That's when it's different. But when you're using pain to drive you, you're going to turn around and tell that person, oh, remember this and remember that. Now look at you. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? You're going to become the person that, for the lack of a better word, you hated. Yeah. Yeah. And and something else in that too is if you're – Let's say you're working out or you're going to the gym and you're mainly doing it because people are fat shaming you or saying whatever it is. You're not doing it because it's something you want to do. You're doing it because you're thinking if I do this, these negative voices will stop in my life. But then what happens? They'll find something else. And if you're only doing it for those negative voices, those negative voices are always going to be there. You're not doing it because you want to do it. You're doing it because the negative voices in your life. 
Well, then, okay, now I go to the gym. I reach that goal. Now there's something else negative that they find about me. Well, now I got to change that. Well, now there's something else. And then you're going to, you're never going to, you're never going to arrive at that point because you're constantly being driven by the negative voices in your life. And you're not doing things that you want to do. You're actually now, you're not living for yourself. You're living for other people. Right, which is a really bad deal because we're from Texas. All right, God, you can't tell by my country accent. (laughs) Yes, we're from Texas. We do not experience all four seasons, all right? The reason I'm bringing this up is because you got to remember, if you are trying to live for people's approval, this is the same individual in the summer complaining that it's hot, and when it gets cold, we finally get us a 70-degree weather. We think it's cold, and we want it to be hot. And the reason I'm bringing this up is you are trying to be who you're supposed to be based off of a person that don't even know what they want. One day they like blue. The next day they like yellow. One day they want it hot. The next day they want it cold. One day they they like their car. The next day they want This imagine trying to fit who you're supposed to be based off of their opinion. It's time for us to start basing who we're supposed to be off of God's opinion. Why? Because that's one that does not change. The same yesterday, today, and forever. The only thing consistent is God. Why don't you want to live for somebody like that and be driven by that voice? See, the woman that was caught in adultery, brought up to Jesus, there was a lot of voices telling Jesus, we're trying to manipulate him. This is what I'm saying about why, why you want to serve this God and why so. Because even with the negative voices and then jumping to Revelation, there's an accuser of, the, of our brethren day and night before the throne of God. And you want to know the most amazing and loving thing about this God? Because let's be real. If Brother Hall, I tell you, amen. Elliot, man, he ain't nothing but a thief, a backstabber, a liar. And I'm telling you this every day. We're working eight-hour shifts, 40 hours a week. And I'm telling you this. When you are introduced to Elliot for the first time, guess what you're going to go by? What I've heard. What you heard. But this God (laughs) is constantly hearing how we're failures, how we're adulterers, how we're this and we're that. And he's constantly hearing that. And there's more accusers against us than there's people that are, are, are saying we're innocent. But yet, I love how he was just writing. He's not even worried about that. He's not even worried about that. Because he's worried about you becoming who you need to be. Then he would tell these person, he who lives without sin. Look, I'm going to shut, not only am I not going to condemn you. I want you to become who I created you to be. Not just by telling you this, then I'm going to shut up all, I'm going to shut down the voices of every negative person within your life. But he tells this woman, go and sin no more. And not only that. 
this woman can now walk away free from those voices. Why? Because she chose to hearken to the voice of Jesus Christ. The ultimate voice that the accusers, they brought him and said, doesn't the law, doesn't the law say we should stone her? Doesn't the law say we should kill her? Let's go. Let's do it. Let's get this. Say this. Say he would sit there and say. He who lives without sin. He was out with without sin. Cast first stone. Because now he's telling us. Before I can just start condemning people and saying negative things about people. I have to watch out myself. You know. I have come to the conclusion that I cannot talk down on another woman because she's not my type. Because I understand that my wife may not be everybody else's type either. You know what I'm saying? And I understand that there's a purpose for that individual and there's a somebody out there that God created for the individual. And who am I to say that they're less than because they don't fit mm-hmm. my perspective or, or preference. Sorry. Yeah. So that's why we have to do our best to understand what voices in our life are just here for one thing only. And that's to come with a wrecking ball. And we need to find out what voices are coming with a hammer and some nails because I'm here to build you up. And I, and I want to take this moment just to, to read uh, Proverbs 18.21. Many people are familiar with it. That says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What, what we lack, I feel, we, we preach this, but, I don't believe, uh, but at the same time, we don't believe it. Because if we really believed it, we would watch the words that we speak. Because I can say something as simple as, you know, Elliot, I hate you, or Elliot, you're this, or Brother Solis, you're this. And even it, and, and saying it in a very serious way that it can, uh, that you would think that I was being serious. And even if I felt convicted and I come back to you and say, hey, I'm sorry, I was wrong in that. It doesn't matter what I say at that point, because I already created something in you. Mm-hmm. It would not have been there had those words not first came out. And, and something that had happened in my life was when I was in Bible college, I was a, a young licensed minister at the time. And I remember I had, you know, it was just, it was just a tie I was wearing. Okay. And it was just, I tied it in a different way. And I remember a minister had came up to me and said, man, why don't you, uh, and this was in front of my whole class that said, why don't you change that tie and start looking like a real preacher? And what that created in me was that I felt for the next uh, year or so that I had to be in this preacher mold that I knew I could not fit, that I had to, I had to have this certain persona and a way that I carried myself that I knew was not me. And, but that's what, that's what that created in me because I felt like this, this specific minister is wanting uh, it's trying to push me to fit this mold. But then at the same time, they're saying, oh, well, be your own self, be your own thing. And it's like, but I'm not, I'm not hearing that. And, and, and I want to take this moment to even say to, to anybody that's listening, like if you're feeling like you're trying to, you may, you're 
Maybe you see that you need to live for God and that you're and that you're trying to change your way, but you're seeing how how people are that are in church and you're thinking, oh, well, I got to fit that mold. I got to I, I don't got everything all together. I'm letting you know you don't have to have it all together. You can be yourself. That's who God called you to be. God would not have made you that way if he wanted you to be different. He would have made you to be somebody else if that's who he wanted you to be. But God wanted you to be you. He didn't call you to be uh, to be Brother Solis. He didn't call you to be Brother Hall. He didn't call you to be Brother Elliot. He called you to be you. So don't who who are we to say that you need to be a Brother Solis? Or who are we to say that you need to be uh, Pastor Bumgarner? Or that you need to be this or that? We are not the ones that do that. God is the one that is uh, that has equipped and created everybody. So you do not need to feel pressured to fit a mold that is not you. You need to fit into God's mold, not into anybody else's. Let God mold you and let God shape you and you will fit that mold. You don't need to fit anybody else's mold because you're made to fit your mold. So how do I fit God's mold? Simply get in that word. The more I find out about him, the more I find out about me. The more I find out what hurts me, the more I find out what's holding me back, the more sin within my life is becomes exposed, the more I know about him. Why? Because I'm drawing closer to him. There's a song by Brian T. that I like. He said, either this book will keep me away from sin or sin will keep me away from this book. And I like that. I like that line, man, that, that's an awesome line. So I want to stay close to this book. I want to stay close to the, the word. Why? Because he is his word. So the only way I'm going to know who he is, if I know who his word is. And the more I draw closer to him, the more he's going to help me. Same thing with the incident with Peter. I know we look at it, it's kind of mean or whatever. Whenever here he rebukes Peter, when he says, get behind me, Satan, you know, what he was doing is letting Peter understand, hey, there's something in you that's not of me. And I want you to know, as long as you got that, you're going to be hindering my will. But this has to be done. And I said, we don't take it as that. And Peter didn't take it like that either. Because he would finally get the revelation, hey, this Jesus Christ was right. I was more worried about mine than his. But the closer Peter stayed to him, the closer he was able to expose who he was. And that's how you are going to fit the mode of God. When you come closer to God, he's going to help you find out who you really are. And he's going to help you shed off those things that you're not. Um, the deal about David, I know we like to talk about David, but David got passed up even by his own dad. But he didn't get passed up by God. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he took the time out to make God included in his day, in his life. So when the time came, God didn't exclude, exclude him. He included him. He mentioned him. He brought him up. He took the humblest out of probably the family. I mean, you know, he had a, as we know, he had a dangerous job. But it's easy, kind of one of those, oh, what man enough job. You know, here his brother is, you know, he gets noticed. He has to have the man job. He has a stature. He has a built. And so much that it's like, oh, whatever. He got the woman's job of a, a, this can't be him. I don't know. I'm just kind of assuming here, guys. Mm -hmm. Don't say it. this ain't gospel. I'm just kind of assuming yeah. why he would get passed up. 
And the reason why I'm backing up this claim is because when he goes out to fight Goliath, he would tell Saul, the same God that delivered the lion and the bear. He never said, hey, I killed the lion and the bear. He said that God killed the lion and the bear and he used David's hand. Mm -hmm. And so that lets me know that David had to have some relationship with God to understand that. Yeah. Because most of people who don't have a relationship will say, I killed the lion and the bear. But he wanted to make sure that Saul knew if God did it and used these hands, God's going to use these hands again. Mm-hmm. So how did how was a uh, how was David able to fulfill his mode that God created him to be? Was by getting close to God. And then you will see it, it, it kind of looks bad because he's anointed and then it looks like he's disappointed because he's running for his life. He got enemies everywhere. But even during this time. Even during this time, David was still make sure that he was hearkening to the voice of God. He was making sure that he was connected. Mm-hmm. There was a time where he p- picked misfits, people that nobody wanted to deal with, and he made them great warriors, and they would come to a difficult point in time in their walk that they wanted to kill David. And the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. How do you think he did that? I had to stay close to God. Mm-hmm. I had to know who he is because if I know who he is, then I understand how the enemy works. And exactly. if I understand how the enemy works, I understand that this is not brother hall acting like this. Is this just the enemy trying to use my brother? Mm-hmm. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying he's a devil, but I understand that I can fall victim just like he could. Why? Because we're yeah. human. If the, the more that we stay away from God, the more we stay closer to the enemy, we got to stop living this or, or believing that there's a, a in-between. There's no in-between. We have to stay close to the Lord. And yeah. that's what David did. That's why he was able to conquer. That I mean, yeah, we go crazy about Goliath, but can you just imagine going crazy over a man who's in a strange land? He ain't even supposed to be in this land, but he is because people are wanting to kill him. And the same people that he teaches to be mighty warrior, mighty man of valor, as the Bible would say, are now the man trying to kill him. And he would do something, the most ironic thing known to man. He says, you know what? Instead of listening to the voice, I'm going to encourage myself in God. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're about ready to stone him. I mean, you can just see the anger in their face. And he's over here rejoicing. You know, he's over here happy. Why? Why was he able to do that? Because I'm not influenced by their voices. Because the more I'm influenced by God's voice, the less of the enemy's voice I know and I hear. But the more that I'm focused on their voice, the more I become their mode, a mode that was not made for me. I'm in the potter's hand, and that's where I need to be because as long as I'm in God's hand and I'm listening to him, he's teaching me why he's doing this, and he's telling me why he did that and what this is for and why that's for. This is what we have to do, and this is how we're going to fit that mode, guys, is, is by doing that. And, and I think going into that as well, like, uh, and again, if we, if we don't have that relationship, what happens is we can't just, we can't distinguish the voice of God from the voice of the enemy. Right. And what mm-hmm. I love is in, is in scripture, Jesus actually talks about that because you have in John 10 and 24, 
you have it. So, uh, the scripture says that then came the Jews round about and said unto him, how long dost thou make us doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. And I love Jesus's response because he said, I already told you and you don't believe. Yep. And then he goes even further by saying, you believe not because you are not of my sheep. And he's, st- and he's, and he goes into the next verse by saying, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. How are you going to know the voice if you ain't, if you don't have a relationship you, in order to, in order to you, for you to recognize that voice, you can't, I mean, God's voice isn't going to sound like anything else. If you're not in a relationship with him, he's, it's just going to be another voice in your life. And it may be a positive voice, but you don't know it's the voice of the Lord. But as you get into that word, as you begin to learn more about him and as you get to the, um, and as you begin to talk more with him, you begin to recognize that voice and then when and then what ends up sounding like a foreign voice to you is the enemy's voice. And then what uh, I also love is what uh, what John says when he talks about that that basically in John two eighteen he said First uh, John two eighteen he says that there's going to be many antichrists that come, and he identifies those antichrists by saying in verse nineteen that they went out from us, but they were not of us. For had they been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be manifest that they were not all of us. But then he specifies by saying, but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. What's that unction? That's the spirit. How you going to have the spirit if you ain't in a relationship? You can't be in the spirit if you're not in the spirit. When, John's, uh, when, when John was revealed the book of Revelation... He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. What if he wasn't in the spirit? Would we have the book of John or or not the book of John book of revelation? Come on. Would we know everything that was to come? If he was not in the spirit, he was in the spirit. And then because he was in the spirit, God was able to give him that revelation and to show him of things that were to come. I like that. I like that. But that, but, but, and that's really all it is, is you're, you're hearing all of these voices, but if you're, this is why you have to really know, uh, know the voice of God. And in order to know the voice of God, you got to pray. You got to, I mean, I know, I know we're, we're being spiritual here because we're saying you got to pray, but I mean, that's, that's just, is that it's really that simple when you pray and you read the word, it's, it's literally, it's that simple. We, we try to overcomplicate it by saying, man, how do I know the voice of God? How do I know the voice of God? Read his word. That's the voice of God. Brother Elliot, you got something? Yeah. <clears throat> now, in the past, I was one of those, I guess, I guess I would say hard-headed people with God. So, um, I was battling with something real bad, I mean, for years. And one thing that I wouldn't, I guess, listen to God with what he was trying to tell me was read the read my word. I mean, the whole time... I would have the prayer, but I was trying to dodge the word. Honestly, because you can sit down, Brother Solis, and you can watch a three-hour movie, but then when it gets to the word, sometimes you want to fall asleep. I ain't got three minutes. <laughs> yeah, I ain't got three yeah. minutes. But, but you know, you can't, you can't do that with God. I mean, you want to get your breakthrough, you got to listen to him. You got to read your word. You got to be in prayer. And then that's something recently that God you know, a few months ago that God's been trying to show that God's 
showing me is that you got to read your word if you want to, if you want me to move through you pretty much. Right. And you know, something, something too, um, that I love is that I feel that kind of goes in. I was talking with sister Minnie, um, before, before church on Wednesday. And one of the things we started talking about is like having a want to. And one of the main things I was saying is that we, you got people that are struggling and they've been struggling with, it could be anything. It could be pornography. It could be smoking. It could be anything. Okay. But they've been struggling with it for years. They've been struggling with it since they got in church and then they still struggling with it. Well, why are they struggling with it? They don't want to give it up. It's as simple as that. Like if you really, if you really had a want to, if you really wanted to let go and to let God, then you would let go and let God. Now, I'm not trying to say that, you know, things aren't addicting, and th- but, but you really think God's going to let you deal with something for eight to 10 years and, th- and say that it's God's fault that you ain't. Like, no, like if you really want to let go of this struggle that you've been fighting and that you've been dealing with, you're going to do everything you can. Like, God, I'm, uh, maybe, maybe I'm giving too much time to television. Okay, God, I'm going to put aside this television. I'm going to put aside this. I'm going to put aside that because God, I need you in my life. I want you in my life. Like that's really, uh, the re and I remember this is what God had showed me was I was saying, man, how is it that, you know, you can watch something for two or three hours, but then you try to pray and you can't even pray 15 minutes because you don't want to pray. Like that's this. And, and, and I'm not trying to say that people don't have a desire. There's a difference between a desire and a want. And you may, you may, Oh yeah, I'd like to have that, but do you really want it? If you want it, you're going to go after it, right? Yeah. yeah, Definitely. You know, God will give you the desires of your heart. I know we, we, we try to make that prosperity. But really and truly, it's a spiritual aspect. God's not going to give me a big house and a nice car just for it to get repossessed and foreclosed. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you really desire that prayer life, God will. You know, there was, there, there was a time in my life where prayer was not my deal. And what I mean by that. It was not something I was doing. Not that I didn't want to. I just was allowing my flesh to get the upper hand. And so I told God, man, I desire. I really want. I want to be able to. So I started going to sleep with the intentions to say, God, I desire to see you in the morning. And he has been waking me up. Why? Because the desire is there for me to grow. Now, if I would have said, God, I desire to have a new car wake me up yeah he would have he would have gave me the grace to wake up but the deal is my desire has to be him god's not like i said he's not going to give me that car if that car is i don't i'm not owning the car the car's owning me mm-hmm. he's not going to give it to me but whenever i talk about when we're talking about the desires of your heart he will give you so you know going back before i get ahead of myself here going back to what you were saying you know jesus christ says my sheep know my voice Mm -hmm. and i recommend uh probably have to find the video and we'll put it we'll put it on our uh, facebook but there's a a shepherd out there who gets these kids to try to call his sheep and they're they're going they're doing their best try to mimic the, the 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 shepherd and and call the sheep and nothing but the moment that their shepherd does it They come and they follow. They come to him. Why? Because they know his voice. 
this is the this is the amazing thing here, and this is what I want y'all, the vivas, I want y'all to pay attention to here. They are not worried about nobody else's voice other than the one that protects them and feeds them and comforts them. The rest to them are nobody. That's what we have to be cautious on. For some odd reason, we are more driven and attracted to negativity. Things that are going to harm us and things that are going to hurt us rather than the thing that's going to protect us. And we're talking God Almighty here. Wants to be that protector. Wants to be that comforter. We understand what he wants to do. The only person that is hindering him is not the enemy. It's you. And I'm, I'm not telling you this to bash you. Or us, sorry, because I, I got to put myself in that category. You know, Jesus said, I got to take up my cross daily, so I'm not exempt. It's us. It's not the enemy, it's us. And so we have to recognize that and understand that. But there is a desire that God wants to be. And whenever I start being honest and saying, God, let me hear your voice. You're not going to be able to hear God's voice if you don't know who God is. And the simple way about that, and I've been stressing this to my youth, is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So God equals the word. So if I want to know about God, I got to read the Bible. And whenever I start knowing the Bible, then he's going to line up in my prayer. I'm going to start hearing back from him, and he's going to line up. with. He's not going to contradict his word because he is his word. That's like calling himself a liar. If he tells you to do something that's not in the word, that's like him looking, telling you, oh, I'm a liar. And the Bible says that he is not a man that he should lie. It also says he exalts his word above his name. Right. Well. So think about that. He's a, he's a God of his word. And so that's why I'm trying to encourage you. I want you to see why it's important because oftentimes we want to, but we don't see the desire. Now, it's like a job. I go clock in even though I don't like this job. Why? Because it pays for my car that I desire. You get what I'm saying? So I have a motivation of why I'm clocking in. But oftentimes we don't see that or we're not told that. And I'm not knocking nobody because it's not like the enemy is going to tell you how to beat him. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. He's not going to say, you know, Tom Brady doesn't get behind, you know, and talk to the media and say, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to play – such and such team this coming up Sunday. I just want them to know my left side's of the side of come on. That's my weak spot. He's not. No, why? Because you're teaching me how to defeat you. So I understand why you're not hearing this or you probably never heard this. But yes, you want to desire to read that word because you gotta know who he is. And the more you know him, like I said, he's gonna help you. God wants to help you. He's just not gonna force himself on you. He does not roll like that. There's there's power in surrender. There's power in obedience. Often we make the sacrifice. And please, again, I'm not bashing nobody. We often make the sacrifice by going to church. We, all, we, we make the sacrifice of lifting our hands. But it's the obedience that he's after. And what is that? The obedience is, A, read my word. Speak to me. That is the obedience. And when we start doing and we start taking heed to that, man, there's power in that. And then you'll wonder why the scripture says that he'd rather have obedience rather than sacrifice. Why? Because there's power in that. 
And that obedience says, lets me know that I'm submitted to this individual, that I care enough about this individual to say, you know what? My desires don't matter, but you do. You know, and the same thing with a relationship, the way that you want your marriage to grow is going to have to be communication. I'm going to have to know my wife. If my wife don't like the the house code and I constantly keep putting it on code, I'm not going to have a very, very happy spouse. Why? Because they're already uncomfortable and a place that they should feel the most comfortable is at. So communication there. I got to know her and the more that I know her and the more she knows me, I can fulfill her desires and she can fulfill my desires. And that's what I love about this God is that he's not just going to be a Lord over you. He wants to be in partnership with you. Why do you think on the day of Pentecost, he was pouring out his spirit upon them because he wants to be in partnership with them. He just doesn't want to be Lord over them. He tells them greater things you shall do. Greater things. What kind of leader tells you that? What, what leader have you heard? You always heard the saying, yeah, I show you everything you know, but I didn't show everything I know. But he says, no, he doesn't rock that way. He says, you know what? You're going to do greater things. Why? Because I want to be in partnership with y'all. I want to be in community. He wants to, in fact, he says that we're going to sit at the table and he's going to serve us. And then you want to know why I serve this God and why I love this God. Because he's different. He's not just going to be a Lord and say, you know what? Don't do this and don't do that. Uh, Peace out. You know, have fun trying to figure it out. No, he says, you know what? I see y'all having having trouble figuring out. I'm going to come to earth just to help you to show you that, yes, you can overcome. Because oftentimes we want to be relatable to somebody, right? If we're dealing with um, pornography per se, we're going to want to talk to somebody who overcame that. Well, this God came in the flesh and was over able to overcome the flesh. So therefore we can come to him with our fleshly issues and he can help us. Why? Because he understands he had to fight temptation like we did. Mm-hmm. Everybody's tempted differently. Some are tempted by drug. Some are tempted by money. Some are tempted by women. Some are tempted by man, whatever the temptation, it's still temptation. Yeah. If you fall into it, it's sin. And he had the same opportunity, but yet he would come and he would help. So that's why I'm saying why you want to get connected to this voice, because it was this voice that will come to his own people. And because they weren't in tune with that voice, they missed it. And I stress this to my young people. I'm, I, I do this, this day, uh, daily reading with a group of mine. And, um, and in this group, what we do is we read three chapters of the Bible a day. What we get from whatever verse, we write it down. And when we meet up with each other, we share. And I brought this up. I said, if they missed it, what exempts me and you? What exempts? The thing that exempt is that those men were only doing it because they want to be praised by other men. But whenever you're doing it because you want to know him and you desire to know him. Let's be real. How many people do you know that actually do pray? Like really and truly. Not that many. Mm-hmm. And I'm not knocking people. Yeah. I'm just saying not that many. Just imagine what God does and how how much it draws him to you 
when you take the time out to be one of those that do, you get what I'm saying? It's kind of like being the one kid that is always picked last to play basketball. And then finally that one kid, next go around becomes the number one to be picked. And it's not because of his skills, because you know what somebody says? I like this person. I desire this person. I want them on my team. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what happens with God. He's not just going to pass us up. Everybody's passing us up. But when somebody stops and makes the time and takes the time to say, you know what? I desire to talk to you today. He's going to speak back. He's going to help you. He desires to help you. The Bible says it is not his intent that any should perish. God don't want you falling. God don't want you failing. But we got to get past these voices that do. And we got to start focusing on the voice that wants us to win. We got to quit listening to the losing team. And it's time to get on the winning team and hear the coach's voice. You know what I'm saying? Yes, brother Ellie, you got something? Oh, I, I, he, I don't know if I was preaching over here. He got the moving on me. I said, oh, yeah. man, he's going to come in. Well, and, and I like that uh, that you said that because even in Jude, it it when it's talking and it's, of course, giving praise to, to the Lord, it says also to him that is able to keep you from falling. And that and every time that it's talked about, even in First uh, John, when he said, my little children ride I into you that you sin not. And if you sin. So anytime it's always said like, hey, you can do it. You don't, you don't, it's not something that you have to do because I remember, I remember when I was being, uh, when I was being raised as a kid, like how I was always thought is that, oh, well, because our righteousness is as a filthy rags. That means like, man, you're sinning like every single minute of the day and, and all of that. That's how I was made to think. And then I come to Bible college and, um, and I remember brother Wolford had talked about us and he said, Alrighty, how many of y'all think, you know, you may sin every hour? And then you had a lot of people raise their hand or sin every day. And then he said, all right, now how about every hour? And then he was like, but how many of y'all think y'all sin every minute? And then like nobody raised their hand. And he was like, then Lynn forgot a minute at a time. Like that. And and just, and just thinking about it, <laughs> Come on. but just thinking about it like that, like, Hey, you know, you can live through this life. If you can live, if you can live. One minute, five minutes, ten minutes without sinning, okay, then you're good. Like that that doesn't mean that it's innate in you that you always have to sin or that you always have to mess up. You have a God that did all of the work so that way you could be able to overcome that. Because he knew that you wouldn't be able to. So he did the work for you so that way you could overcome. You don't have to be the voices. You don't have to. But you can be what he says that you are. And I'm going to share this again because, like I said, it's a statement that has really impacted my life. And Brother Sanford had said it. Two most important days of someone's life is when they're born and when they find out why they were born. Find out your why and the voices of negativity don't got the answer. There's only one that got that answer. Change this world. Impact your community. Impact your church. Impact your family. 
let people know that, yes, be a testimony. If there's been something this trip I've been on, it's been be a testimony. And what I mean by that, understand that, yeah, you may have failed, but you're not a failure. Mm -hmm. Let God overcome that in your life and be a testimony. Be with your chest out, be able to stand up and say, yes, I used to, but God. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Put some emphasis on that, but God. You know what I mean? That's what I mean about being a testimony. But as long as you're still under the power and the control of the negative voices in your life, you can't be. But you are because how we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the, the word, word of, of our, our testimony. testimony. And how do it's because I overcame that. It was something that tried to conquer me. But you know what? By the power and the blood of Jesus Christ, I overcame that, and that's why I can stand strong and say, yes, God can. And everybody that I come in contact that feels that they can't make it out or that they have to be this because this person put that on, you can say, man, you don't own that coat. Take that coat off. Put on this God one made because there's only one made for you, and it's the one that he desires for you to have. But you just got a desire to want to wear it. You know what I mean? Well, and, and what I like, and I didn't think about it till you just said it, he didn't say that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by our testimony. It's by the word of our testimony. That's something that we're speaking over our lives and something that we're speaking over Come other on, people's Hall. lives. Come on. That's how we overcome is because we got to continue to speak it. Yeah, yeah. It's not something that happened 10 years ago. And that makes me an overcomer because I got the blood and that happened 10 years ago. No, it's something that continues to happen because I continue to speak it. Come on, this man preaching. I'm telling you, I like that. I didn't, I'd never seen that. I, for real, I'd never seen it like that. But you're right. You got to speak some things in your life. You know, it doesn't matter what somebody tells you. It's what you tell yourself. Exactly. That's, that, that's where the power lies. It's in the life and death is in the power of the tongue. Mm-hmm. Over yourself. Your tongue over yourself. The Bible says that every man be a lie. And one thing I always said, including me. Mm-hmm. Including me. I got to be a lie. Why? Because I can be influencing myself. The voices in my head can be nobody else's but mine. Sometimes it ain't even the dirty devil. It's me. Yeah. And I got to let myself be alive because then I need to line up. Okay, Jonathan, however you feel, is that what God says in his word about you? You know, there's a there's a Bible. Uh, I guess I'll call it a Bible study. I got it at a Christian store. It says um, who I am in Christ. And it's basically a bunch of scriptures letting you know who you are. You're forgiven. You're healed. Whatever it is. And I desired to have that for that reason because I need to understand that his word about me is true and my words about me are a lie. And so if my words about me don't line up to his words about me, it's a lie. You know what I'm saying? And I got to understand that it is not God's will for me to live a lie, but it's God's will for me to live for him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? So, my people, I just want to let y'all know. We just want to let y'all know. Yes, you can. Amen. Yes, you can. Get connected with this God. Get connected with this God that will come down and say, they can't find the answer, so I'll be it. Get connected to this God 
that loved you enough to become the way. Because at times in my life, we feel that there is none. He said, all right, well, I'll be the one. Get connected to this God that desires and loves you enough to want to help you. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. And you already know the coffee is running low. So we gots to go. Stay encouraged. Stay strong. And stay vibing. We out.